Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. They're not going to take Justin Fields at four. If they are, I'll get on here for a segment and, and do it with no shirt on tomorrow. All right? I'm just saying right now, I will wear my tank top underneath here tomorrow for a Wait, segment all right i don't know what's more white your skin it's gonna be close it's let's make smooth. sure we outline the parameters okay. though what you're saying is if the patriots trade up to yes. get justin fields right yes what if he falls to them and they take him i'm in, almost in i want to i want to go i'll do that bet too i'll do that bet right. too no shirt no spleen no service okay i like that i like that we can put that on the bottom of the screen tomorrow when i do that <laughs> Well, that was a week ago today. Yes, a week has already passed. Wow. The first round of the 2021 draft. Unfortunately, the Patriots did not get Justin Fields. I don't care about the football side of it. I just wanted to see Sims do a full segment in his white tank top. The Photoshop, somewhat satisfying. Not nearly satis- as satisfying as seeing what? the real thing, but uh, alas, that that it, it would have it would have been good TV. I'm, I, yes, it would have. I, I think my my wife was rooting for it. She would have liked to seen a segment. I mean that 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 photoshop's disrespectful. I'm so much more jacked than that photo they got there of me. I fill out a tank top so much better. You know the 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 weird thing is with those tank tops and things. You know when we had a talk about that last week. I had other words that came to my head to where I grew up to what we called those tank tops. And man, did I struggle coming up with the right word and not getting myself in trouble for that one. Sleeveless white tank top. Sleeveless white tank top. Yes, right. And, and y- y- you know, because of the pandemic, you may be filling that thing out in ways that <laughs> you previously hadn't. Right. Maybe a little tighter in the midsection than, than it would be up top. Uh, I mean, I there was a time. I haven't seen you in person in a while. Yeah, I know. You're right. There, there was a time where maybe started to go like, wow, I'm eating a lot and doing all that. But I got into like, I think I've told you Rocky Four Regiment where I just started Hey, I don't go to the gym anymore. I kind of just make up workouts. I got a little space in my house where I can do some stuff. But I'm like running up hills, running to the, 
you know, running to the mailbox on the street. Let me do a sprint that way, doing pull-ups on, you know, tree limbs and stuff like that. That's how I've been working out with the pandemic. So I'm, I'm not. Do you or do you not chase a chicken around the backyard? (laughs) I'm not, I'm not grease lightning yet. No, I don't do that. (laughs) That would, that would be lightning (laughs) and you're going to crap thunder. (laughs) It's a great scene. Yeah. Yeah. No, not doing any of that. That, that, that taught him speed, even though he did feel like a Kentucky fried idiot at first. That did catch <laughs> right. him speed. With that ratty-ass sweatshirt with a hole oh, in it. I right know. at the Right here so you could reach in and scratch it. That's the only good thing about having a hole <laughs> right here on a sweatshirt. You can reach in and scratch your stomach if you need to. All right. Uh, let's get to it. From Rocky to Rogers. And, and you know, this is like any other story that becomes a day-to-day event for us. We don't go looking for it. We react to the news that is given to us, and the news that was given to us yesterday included an item from Bob McGinn, now of the of the Athletic, longtime writer at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, covered the Packers for years. He reported, among other things, that in group text messages with teammates, Aaron Rodgers has mocked general manager Brian. Gutekunst, or as Brett Favre called him on Favre's podcast this week, Gutenhurst, which is butchering it even more than you ever have. But <laughs> Rogers mocked Gutekunst, calling him Jerry Krause in text messages with teammates, which is, as professional athletes go in relation to general managers, the height of an insult given the way that the Bulls players regarded Jerry Krause, even though he did put together a team that won six championships. Kind of good. All GMs right. should be Jerry Krause <laughs> Seriously. from that perspective. <laughs> right. But but based on last year's documentary, The Last Dance, a 10-part extravaganza that was riveting for anyone who cares about sports, yeah, Jerry Krause, not something you'd want to be called if you're a GM of an NFL team. No, I mean, definitely not. But, you know, we're, we're talking about a situation that's somewhat similar I mean it's 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 two star players Michael Jordan who wasn't happy with the way things were run with the Bulls and you know whatever acquisitions contracts all those type of situations Rodgers is you know I'm not saying he's Michael Jordan but he's he's damn close to that type of guy of course is our league he's as big a star as we've had in football over the last 20 years not named Tom Brady he's right up there with any of them and yeah I mean this is this is the kind of ribbing and things that happen when you have an unhappy franchise quarterback. This is why you hear when teams want to trade a quarterback, they want to make sure, hey, do you want to be traded there? Because we want to make sure you're happy. You know, that next team wants to make sure you're going to be happy here and not cause problems in the locker room. And that's why teams try to avoid any problems with their own starting quarterbacks because this is what happens. Oh, yeah, the leader of the team, you pissed him off. And he felt disrespected. So now he throws, you know, jabs and, and shots across the bow all the time at the team because he feels like he's, he's been wronged. What a shock that Aaron Rodgers yeah. would make petty, snarky, snide remarks. Yeah, you could put yourself his in his shoes, huh? Brian Goodkins. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've said it before. I know. I know. Got a lot more in common with Aaron Rodgers than we have not in common but I will tell you this I wouldn't be handling my business the way that he's handled it yeah I hear you last week I'd I handle it far more directly and I'd own it and if I want it out I'd say it not not this game that's been going on for over a week now and it is a game and 
I don't know whether he's going to win or lose, but it has been very entertaining, and we'll see how it all plays out. And I, I don't, I, look, I, I, I don't know where this one came from, this McGinn nugget, because I believe last week everything that hit on Thursday was engineered by Rodgers and his camp. I don't know that the Packers are deliberately leaking things in an effort to make him look bad. I think we're now at a point where there are so many people looking for so many different items to push the ball forward. That's right. This could come from anyone. All it takes is one person who was on that group text to say, yeah, he calls him Jerry Krause. And there there may be no nefarious motive there. Just being honest. Exactly. Right. Making a joke. Everybody watched that. Bob again. Yeah, we saw it. Yeah, that was – so. So I, I don't know that someone deliberately dropped this one into the right. waters of discontent to ratchet it up. but And I don't know. I mean, Gutekunst didn't seem to be all that flustered by the fact that Rodgers wants him fired. Right. I don't know that Gutekunst is going to react all that strongly one way or the other to being called Jerry Krause. No, Gutenkoos is a pro. I mean, he he knows this is a tough situation, and I'm sure he, listen, he'd be naive to think that, like, what did he think? Aaron Rodgers was running around the, the, the stadium last year telling everybody how awesome and how much he loved Gutenkoos? I mean, Goody knows that. The situation is what it is. This is business here in the NFL, and this is what happens in these type of situations. And I'm with you too, Mike. I don't think this is something that was, like, planted or put out there I think a lot of people are looking for a lot of information right now and who knows it could have been somebody on the group text or if there was five guys on the team on the group text hey one guy that wasn't off it he go hey you know he's sitting at a locker going look look Rogers Rogers called Goody you know Jerry Krause (laughs) it's funny right the Jordan documentary (laughs) I mean that it could be as easy as that it really can so uh yeah I don't think this was some planned you know, conspiracy or anything like that. Uh, it's it's kind of what I would have expected from Aaron Rodgers in this situation last year. How, for all anyone knows, Rodgers has been calling him in the locker room Gutenkraust or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. We, you know, we, it, right. It, it, it takes on a life of its own exactly. once guys start having fun with Exactly it. right. But like you said, and as we've discussed, yeah. people looking to push the story forward. There was another item yesterday. This one came from Mike Garofolo of NFL Media. And this one surprised me. I guess it shouldn't. I guess nothing should surprise me at this point. But I was surprised by the report that Rodgers told prospective free agents on the Green Bay Packers in 2020, don't count on me being here next year when you're making your decisions about whether or not you're going to sign or re-sign. Now, was that a factor for anyone? David Bakhtiari signed and stayed highest paid offensive lineman in league history at the time. Aaron Jones, running back, signed and stayed. I think after he exhausted the pre-tampering period of finding out what else would or wouldn't be out there with other teams, and he got a pretty good contract to stay put with Green Bay. But Corey Lindsley left. I don't know whether it was a factor or not, but if he truly was doing it, that's the kind of thing that if you're a Packers fan, you look at and say, well, dude, man, if you're going to go, just go. Don't, don't. What are, you, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you trying to create problems for the franchise that's going to be left behind if you leave? Don't sabotage. Just go. Just go. Don't, 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 don't play these games and try to mess with what the team is going to be or not be when you're gone. Well, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it could. this could be a lot of different ways. I mean, one, it could be sabotage, like you're talking about. You know, two... 
it could be a lot like really the situation we just talked about where, you know, hey, you're at a Thursday, Thursday, the O-line and the quarterbacks go out to dinner and some of the running backs show up and they're drinking a beer and eating a steak and, you know, guys are talking about, man, I don't know, I'm going to be a free agent next year. And, you know, they look over at Rodgers and he just, you know, I don't know, I'm I'm probably not going to be here. I mean, it could be just like that again. But again, these are the conversations and things that happen when you've kind of lame ducked your franchise biggest star in the history of your, your organization almost. So I, I don't, again, I don't know if I'm sitting there thinking as an ex player, because I, I do think if Rogers was like truly being a jerk, right. And truly trying to sabotage and being like, don't sign back here. You're crazy. I'm not going to be here. I'm out of here. This place stinks and do that. I, we're going to hear those stories. That's going to come out if it went to that point. But if it's banter of just like, oh, they don't want me. I'm out of here anyways. Don't sign back here. Like It's more that, just guys talking. That's how I would imagine it being. He's going to lose respect if he's truly trying to sabotage the organization. That's like against man code, football, guy code, whatever you want to say. Guys in the locker room aren't going to love that. But if he's saying it kind of just as a guy and like, I'm out of here, then, then that's part of football and football talk at times. Well, yeah, but there's still a line there that it doesn't matter the context. It doesn't matter the reason or the motivation. If you say something like that, it is going to potentially impact the plans made by the players. And and look, not every NFL player, and it would be interesting to get the full percentage of how this works. They're not motivated by, I want to go to a team that is going to have a chance to win a championship. Guys want to get paid That's as right. much money as they can, exactly. and they should. Right. They want to live in a certain place. They maybe don't want to uproot their family and move. There's all sorts of factors that go into Definitely. it. Definitely. Whether or not the quarterback's going to be Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love, how big of a factor is it? I don't know. And part of it may just be if he said it, guys like, yeah, it's just Aaron being Aaron. We'll believe yeah, it. Yeah, we'll right. See it. Right. But, but still, the fact that anything other than neutral, anything other than nothing was said about his future. now, And it's also possible guys went to him and said, hey, you think you're going to be back here? I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Well, I don't really know if I'm going to be back. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the context could change the perception. It does. But still, right. still, the report, when it shows up on the NFL's official TV channel, and it just, it just paints a troubling picture if you're a Packers fan between the distraction that he created last week, deliberately, I believe, on the first day of the draft, yeah, at a I time hear you. when Brian Gutekunst in the front office had far bigger fish to fry than worrying about all of this acrimony with Aaron Rodgers finally hitting the fan on the busiest three days for a scout and for a GM with all the work they've got to do, the decisions they have to make, everything that's happening. And this, it he's running the risk. And, and I think what it really adds up to, silence is not an option. Silence not is not going to fix this. No. If he wants to try to fix this, he's got to say something. And I'm not just saying that because we want to have a clip to play from Aaron Rodgers and we want more to talk about tomorrow. You don't care. You'll be in your hammock with your pina colada and your blunt tomorrow. <laughs> but but I, like I don't care day. about I don't care about having more content. I'm looking at this from the standpoint of trying to figure out where it's going, right. figure out what we should and shouldn't believe. And by now, if there was any any fake news cry to be uttered or any other qualifier or effort to put toothpaste back in the toothpaste holder, 
which is going to forever be the phrase that we use, and yes. people are going to tune in and say, what, what the are they talking about? those guys, right, right. Other, other than the obvious. But I, 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 th- I just think that if you're ever going to make it be known that any of this is false, that any of this is exaggerated, that any of this is embellished, the more time passes, the harder it's going to be to get anyone to believe it because it's getting baked in, Chris. It's baked in for a week it, now, it, which in, in NFL terms may as well be a year right. the way the news cycle goes. Well, yeah, I, I mean, there, there is. I mean, there is some baked in aspects to this whole thing. You know, one, I'm with you, Mike. Like Thursday, I think it's a planned attack, right? I'm, I'm with you 100%. Like strategic planned attack. You know, up yours, Green Bay. This is what you did to me a year ago, and here's the payback. I'm with you all the way there. You know, this other stuff. Surprised you didn't throw Joe Boo in. I I was about to. I was about to. I had a bunch of things going through my head there. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But, but you know, the other thing too, of course, with that aspect, right? You know, we talk about the players too. Hey, the players are going to do what they got to do as far as money, and like you said, you laid it out there perfectly. But I don't think like any of these other things. Again, I think this is normal football business type of talk, at least the way it looks to me. Even the part of like, hey, I'm not going to be here next year. Like, listen, I'm sure Tom Brady told some people on the Patriots team that like, I don't know if I'm going to be here next year. It, it ain't looking good. I don't, you know what I mean? I think it's part, it's part of what goes on once you get past like week 12 of a regular season and people know who's going to be a free agent and who's not and what's going to go on. Those conversations start to come up a little bit in the locker room and when you go have a beer after practice or whatever that is. So there's that aspect, uh, at least to me and my experience and being around it. But the other thing is, too, is, you know, because Rodgers has a passive-aggressive history and, you know, for lack of a better way to say it, cried wolf maybe one too many times with these type of things, listen, anything is going to be construed and looked at and dissected more than other players or other people because he's got a history. And that's his own fault to his own degree. I can't defend him there. But that's why... You know, guys like us and other TV shows are going to dissect almost every comment he makes, even though I think these were probably like harmless. He's made so many other calculated, harmful type comments that are passive aggressive that you read into everything because you go, well, he's done it eight out of 10 times. So wait, why wouldn't it be nine, 10 out of 10? And I I don't think he's done himself any favors in in that regard when it comes to this type of stuff, because we're all looking for that. What is Rodgers really saying? What's his master plan? What's he really doing here? What's he mean by that? And he's done that to himself uh, with his own reputation. And one of the realities of this, based upon the way stories like this have played out in the past, once the relationship reaches DEFCON 1, which is the worst DEFCON, you would think 5 would be the worst. You would, Def right? Defcon one basically means the missiles are in the air. It always gets Once me it, like with the sprained shoulder. Is it is it a severe sprain if it's one or three? Like which one's the more severe? Three. One? three. So now that one's three. the more serious one. Yeah. See, that's where I get confused. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I I, I hear no. you. Yes, but I, I always hear people say Defcon five, and I say not that crucial. Defcon one. That's when it's time to put your head between your legs and kiss your ass goodbye. The old duck and cover caveat but uh what he needs to realize and what anyone else needs to realize who may be plotting a situation like this in the future and i have a thought on that that i'll try to sneak in here before we take our first break but uh 
once it happens, that's when the horde of reporters starts scouring the countryside for anything they can find to add to it. So if you are planning something like this and you're, you know, a quarterback, any whatever player, coach, whoever, if you're planning some sort of an effort to get out from under your current contract and you expect at some point it is going to get to DEFCON 54321, yeah, the the entirety of the last year is going to be fair game. Anything you said, Cannon, will be used against you right. if one of the many reporters who are covering the NFL can ferret it out. And so this isn't a surprise that the feeding frenzy – would grab anything it can and present it in an effort to keep the story alive, to push the story forward, because it didn't like there's a whole lot else going on right now either. That's the other side of it. Number one, he hijacked the draft. Number two, he's hijacked the week after the draft. Number three, there's nothing to knock Aaron Rodgers off the top of the stack. No, you're right. There's nothing going on in sports that's that major right now. Uh, and, it's, and it's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's, you know, other than Tom Brady... And LeBron James, I guess, and Patrick Mahomes, right? I mean, I'm in the pecking order of sports icons right now. Maybe Steph Curry might be right there above him a hair. I mean, this is this is the biggest sports guy in our country. And, of course, you know my thoughts on him. I think he's the greatest quarterback to ever live. So, yeah, there's this, this is we're going to pay attention. And he's got a history of being Mike Florio-ish and snarky. And doing things like that. So, yeah, we're all going to read into everything he does. And we know how smart he is. And everybody always tells us that, no matter who you talk to. And we know how calculated he is, too. And how much he pays attention to everything. So it's hard to believe that things are a mistake or anything like that. And especially with a guy, yeah, like Rogers, who's without a doubt one of the five biggest sports stars in our, in our country. Think about the month of April he had. The two weeks of hosting Jeopardy that was taped back in February, but the two weeks and it unfolded and it was great and he got great reviews and there's speculation. Could he play for the Packers and host Jeopardy at the same time? And while all of that was still lingering in the ether, that's when all this other stuff happened. It has been a crazy four weeks it really has. for the Packers and for Aaron Rodgers. All right, John Kuhn, who played fullback with the Green Bay Packers and knows Aaron Rodgers, was on CBS Sports Radio last night with Zach Gelb, let's listen to here, or let's listen to here. Let's listen to what? Listen to what? Listen to here. They know who. They know what we mean. Some of the things John Kuhn had to say about the Aaron Rodgers situation last night, CBS Sports Radio. I have talked with Aaron Rodgers, and, and I, I won't say exactly what we talked about. I, I will say he's conflicted because this man loves to play the game of football. This man loves to be a Green Bay Packer, and this man truly sees careers he's watched friends leave he watched brett Favre's career um towards the end he's watched all these things play out in front of his eyes he's taken notes throughout his entire career he's seen some situations that that didn't feel um were done or or finished the way that they could or should have and he's just trying to take his own destiny within his own hands and to that effect i actually admire him because not many players in the NFL have that opportunity. I sure as heck didn't. Uh, I, I played until everybody told me you can't play anymore, and it's a humbling feeling. And Aaron Rodgers has an opportunity to try and, you know, take a little bit of that power back. 
So he hasn't ruled out a return to Green Bay is what you're telling me. Are you saying that Absolutely at all? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. He is, he, I, I still believe there is an opportunity at a, at a resolution here, and I just think it, it's going to take – uh, it's it's going to take two men that are dug in right now and trying to meet in the middle somewhere where they're both happy. Let me say this. If John Kuhn, number one, speaks to Aaron Rodgers and then number two pivots to do media and talk about it, he's either doing that at the express or implied direction of Rodgers or he is risking joining the list the list that I've been on for 10 years that others have been added to the list that has become a, a full blown notebook. I, I don't think that this was a mistake. I, I don't either could fairly call John Kuhn a surrogate for Aaron Rodgers aimed at getting the message out as to what he wants. And Kuhn also said he wants more insurance that he's going to be a long-term starting quarterback option. He doesn't want to do it on a lame duck contract. You right. mentioned the lame duck contract earlier, Chris, we've, we rarely nail something like absolutely positively nail it. Yeah. We have nailed the assessment of the fundamental problem in the relationship right. for months. Yeah. The Packers want to have him in that year at a time will decide based upon how he plays in any given year whether to continue the relationship or whether to pivot to Jordan Love. 2020, okay, yeah, we're keeping him. He was the MVP. 2021, we'll see. If he's good enough, he'll be back in 2022. After that, we'll see. And to constantly have that power, that sort of Damocles hovering over Aaron Rodgers as it relates to the power that the Packers have to say at any given year, see you later, he doesn't want that. No. He wants... The kind of contract, and Bob McGinn reported at one point that the Packers have offered to make Aaron Rodgers the I highest saw paid that. Right. player in football. But that the total mean value anything. of a contract right. that doesn't have a structure that forces you right. together, forces them together for two or three years, that's what he wants. The, the, the amount is a separate question. The impact of the contract with the guarantees and more importantly, the cap hit. Yes. It's the cap hit. If it's a crippling cap hit that comes from trading him, that's when you truly have a relationship that is not one year at a time. And I think they had a chance to do that. They blew their opportunity. And now it's going to take something along those lines. And, you know, Kuhn stopped short of saying they've got to trade Jordan Love or they've got to fire Brian Gutekunst. But at the same time, the end result has got to amount to an apology. Basically, a public apology to Aaron Rodgers without coming out and buying billboards that say we're sorry. Right. But it creates a scenario where Jordan Love is never going to be the quarterback, so you may as well trade him, and that it's clear to anyone who's been paying attention that Aaron Rodgers has won the tug of war with Brian Gutekunst, and the move that was made last year to get Jordan Love ends up being a nullity, useless, gone, over, kaput. Do you think Green Bay would do that though? Do you like you know that that's where I I I don't know. That's where I'm I'm conflicted in this situation. Of course, wouldn't if they I'm, have done it by now? I, wouldn't I, they have done it by right, now? Right. That's where I, that's where, yeah. I would think so. Now, I mean, does all this public pressure and everything that's going on, you know, force their hand, make them think differently, maybe change? But yeah, I'm with you. You're right. They would have done it by now. They had to know this storm was brewing. I mean, like we've talked about a lot. You don't fly out to California and do all that and think what? That it was just going to totally stay under the radar all offseason? 
I mean, you couldn't have thought that Aaron Rodgers and being who he is and the stubborn man he seems to be and everything like that and calculating, this was going to be like a quiet, you know, open, shut door type of situation where we weren't going to hear about it again. So that's where, you know, again, I I don't know who's going to bend here. I think Rodgers will bend a little bit if they just come to his side a little because I have a hard time going back to two things we've talked about. Rodgers, like you have always said, I don't think wants to get his hands dirty in this type of thing. This is not, this is not what he likes. He doesn't like this. I, I think the history shows that. He doesn't like being the bad guy. You've always said that. The other thing is, too, that I come back to with just with what Kuhn said. It's a guy that's 37, and 37 is like, it's, it's like early 30s back 20 years ago now. He's got big-time football left in front of him. I mean, I can't imagine him. I know the threat of walking away from the game, but what? I mean, we're talking about a guy, you know, two years from now, it's, it's, another, it's another 100 touchdowns. It's, it's 500, and it's another stratosphere of, you know, legendary quarterback list or whatever else. So that's where I just I can't imagine him wanting to give his high level of play away right now, but – I, it just doesn't sound like Green Bay is going to make any concessions here to, to give power, uh, give some power back to Rodgers. And the point that we made yesterday, and the more that I've thought about it, talked about it, considered it, if I'm Mark Murphy, the CEO of the Packers, I would rather he retire, get back $30 million that I've already paid him, avoid $14.7 million in salary this year, and not have to worry about what happens if he ends up with the Broncos or some other team. Yeah. How many Super Bowls he may win somewhere else? How many Super Bowls he possibly will win against the Packers? What kind of a thorn he'll be in my side over the balance of his career? And if, after a few years and a Super Bowl or two with another team, he mutually agrees to depart that team and signs with the Vikings or the Lions or the Bears, we don't know what's going to happen in three or four years. You don't want that. Just give us our money back retire play for us or play for no one I really do think the Packers are in that mindset play for us or play for no one and Chris any opportunities they've had to bridge that chasm yeah as Mike Tirico characterized it after talking to Aaron Rodgers on Saturday any opportunities they've come and gone they had three months so I don't know now that it's at DEFCON 1 I don't know what other options there are that they haven't already explored unless somebody finally says, well, I guess they were serious and capitulates. But I feel like people are too dug in to give in. You know, there's the stuff we know publicly. There's the fight that we don't know about yet. But if someone basically gives up, surrenders, taps out, submits, I have a feeling we're going to find out, and I think that's part of this, too. I know. Nobody wants to be the one who gives up. Uh, Brett Favre talked about this yesterday, too, and the, the, the one thing he communicated with Aaron Rodgers, the one thing that stuck out to me, Rodgers told Favre, I'll touch base with you when this is all over, which serves as further confirmation that there's something There's a lot on, of crap going on, yeah. That, that will be over at some point. Not, right. I don't, hey, Brett, don't believe everything you read on the Internet. Brett. It's all fake. It's all phony. It's no big deal. I'll touch base with you when this is all over. That tells us everything that we need to know. One, one more point, though, Yeah. that 
uh, was raised yesterday by Rob Domofsky of ESPN. And, and it, was, it was one of those little things that was tucked into a longer column that just you look at and you say, oh, wow. The Packers believe that the 49ers and the Broncos have tampered with Aaron Rodgers. They're not going to do anything about it because they know how hard it is to prove tampering. And even if you can prove it, it's hard to get the NFL to do anything about it. It's such an arbitrary decision that the NFL makes. The last time they hit anyone with tampering was the Chiefs with Jeremy Macklin because they talked directly to him, not to his agent, during the window when they were allowed to talk to his agent. Stupid. And everyone does it. Uh, but, uh, Chris, I, I, it, it really, it's, it's jarring to see it in writing. But when you think about it, well, yeah, at some point, Dave Dunn probably called the 49ers and the Broncos. And if they do anything other than hang up the phone immediately when he starts talking about Aaron Rodgers, it is tampering. Yeah, that's where I want to just go, like, I mean, yeah, it's tampering. But, like, you know, I don't know a coach who wouldn't – they all take tampering serious to a degree to, like, how you explained it. Like, direct contact with a player or anything like that. I, I mean, I that's a no-no. Coaches don't do that. You know, and, and I have a hard time thinking that – any move or trying to reach out to Rodgers, just in my experience being around it with my dad, my own career, following the business now, like I would have a hard time thinking the Broncos or the 49ers were the ones to reach out to start any type of conversation. No way. My history around the NFL in this type of situation would be the exact opposite. Tampering was done by the player. And what is the NFL to do about that? That's it's, it's like you said, like, you know, Hey, Aaron's interested in your team. What? This is tampering. Hang up. Like, come on. That's not realistic. Like, that's that's right. not going to happen. That's not that's not that's how the sausage is made in the NFL. That's that's what drives me crazy yeah. about the tampering rule. Right. Because that is required. I remember a few years ago, Adrian Peterson called Jerry Jones or so he was on the phone. He ended up on the phone with Jerry Jones. He started talking about how much he liked to play for the Cowboys and Jones engaged him in the conversation. Right. In reality, what Jones should have done was immediately end it and contact Ziggy Wolf, the owner of the Vikings, and say, hey, your player called me up and started talking to me about playing here. You need to know about this. That's what the rule requires. But that's not how the rule is enforced. And Chris, I wrote about this last night at PFT. On one hand, I see the benefit in filing tampering charges because it could maybe back teams off. It's the warning shot at everyone. Don't mess with our guy. On the other hand, two points. One, everybody tampers, so you're going to set yourself up for tampering charges if you start making them. Yeah. And two, two, does it really matter at this point? You know, tampering becomes a problem when it puts ideas in a guy's head that maybe he decides at the end of the day, hmm, I'd like to leave. You're already at the point where the guy says, hmm, I'd like to leave. He's shouting it without really saying it. So it's not like there can be any more damage done to the relationship. The relationship is already fractured, possibly beyond repair, but nothing any team does at this point to try to convince Aaron Rodgers to play for them is going to make a difference. No, exactly right. Yeah, and, you know, again, I mean, I just don't know. There, there's no rule. What's the rule for getting a player in trouble for tampering? Because that's there is none. I know. You're allowed to. That, right. that, that's what's weird. That's about what's it. weird. Exactly right. Yeah. You know, the, the best example is this. When you go to a veteran player who's due to make five million dollars this year and, and you say we only want to pay you two million, we need your decision tomorrow. The agent's job at that point is to call every other team and basically find out what else is out there. Right. And if it's more than two million, somewhere between two and five, maybe it gets lucky and it's more than five. But that's what you're expected to do as the agent. But any team that engages in that conversation has engaged in tampering. Right. But it happens all 
the time. It happens before free agency. It happens with veteran players who are facing pay cut ultimatums. It happens all the time. That's why it would be unfortunate for the Packers to do it. They did it in 2008 with the Vikings, with Brett Favre. But again, these are things that aren't initiated by the team. They're initiated by the player or his agent. And I firmly believe it happened here. Yeah. But I also believe the league would never do anything about it. And it's not going to matter. There's no reason to try to scare anyone away. Everybody already knows where this thing stands. And yeah, you're right. The only question is where it goes from here. Yeah, I, and who knows? I don't know where, where it goes from here. It, it, I really don't. I'm... I, I guess what right now, if you had to make, if I had to make a guess, I feel like the trade's not going to happen. Rodgers is going to come back for one year. He's going to be the one that bends and say, screw it. And he's going to make it known that this is his last year in Green Bay. That's what, I, that's what I'm going to bet on. I'm think, I don't think he's willing enough to get dirty to make a trade happen now and say, no, I think he's going to come back. And he'll get it out through the channels that, listen, they, I'm on a lame duck thing. They're, they, they're not supporting me. And he's going to basically make it clear that this will be his last year with the Green Bay Packers. That's that's what I'm going to say he, now. If, why would he blow it up in the offseason if he was willing to come back for another year? I, well, why would he do that? He, I mean, I th you know, like you always said, I, you know, I, I, I don't know, but I think he tried to do it quietly and not blow it up for a long time and gave them, you know, some red flares shot in the air to be like, Hey, warning one month left warning two months left. Like I I'm, I'm, I, you got to do something. I'm not happy. And I think he just must've gotten to the point where he felt like he had to blow it up here to, to get some movement or get the conversation going the way he wanted. I remember back during that two day window after he spoke, following the loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and that set off the firestorm of Holy crap. He may not be back. And I had reported that it was a contractual issue that he wanted to have yes. the security. Right. He was going to be the guy for multiple years. He goes on Pat McAfee's show, and it's, oh, oh we have these conversations all the time. Oh, it's no big deal. Like, bull crap. You know what? Yes. And again, as we've said from time to time, and we'll continue to say, believe no one, believe nothing. And our function is to tell you what's really going on when the folks involved say what they have to say as they try to win the PR side of it. There's always something deeper that is lurking, that is far closer to the truth. The truth for the 49ers is they did make a phone call about Aaron Rodgers. I think it was more than just Kyle Shanahan calling Matt LaFleur and Matt LaFleur saying, you're wasting your time. Regardless, they ended up with Trey Lance. They have Jimmy Garoppolo. The owner of the team talked about the plan moving forward. We'll let you know what Jed York had to say and react to that when PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The San Francisco 49ers draft class, there it is, the most significant pick, number three overall, Trey Lance, the guy they traded up to get. Jed York, team CEO, appearing on the 49ers Talk podcast, courtesy of NBC Sports Bay Area, addressing the quarterback situation now that they have both Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. You know, if if we're in a situation where Jimmy goes out and takes us to the Super Bowl again and, and has an MVP caliber season and does it again, like, there, there are worse dilemmas to be in. And Jimmy certainly has the ability to do that. I think Kyle's talked about that all along and knowing it's the most important position in sports. And it's great to have a guy that you, you do believe in that, that has gotten you to a Super Bowl. So you don't have to put the weight of the world on a rookie, whoever it was that we were going to choose. Now that we know that Trey is here, you, you don't have to put the weight of the world on that kid's shoulders and he can grow into that position. For us, if you invest 25 or $50 million into your rookie to get them ready, then, I mean, to me, like we're, we're investing in the long-term future of our team. You know, this Sunday, he turns 21. If he doesn't play until he's 23, you know, but he's got a 15 plus year career. I mean, you know, there were rumors about a guy and obviously Kyle talked about trading for Aaron. How long did Aaron sit? Two, three years before he played? And, and again, I want to make sure that we do everything that we can to make sure that that position is the best it can possibly be in the NFL. We're trying to build out a team that can compete for a championship today and can compete for a championship over a period of time. And we'll make the best decisions not where, well, you know, you, you trade it up and like this is the third pick and he has to play right now. Well, I mean, if, if he's the best player, then, then he would play. And if he's not ready to do it yet, we're not going to put that on his shoulders. I, I really don't know what the 49ers are thinking. They're just they're, they're trying to create a market for Jimmy Garoppolo as best they can. And if they would get an offer that they like for Garoppolo – all this talk about, well, we'll keep Garoppolo. It'll be a $50 million investment getting our guy ready. We'll pay Jimmy $50 million over the next two years while Trey Lance quietly develops. And, hey, maybe he'll sit three years like Aaron Rodgers. Completely different situation. Rodgers was a guy who fell to the Packers. Thank you. And the Packers realized, here's an opportunity for insurance against this wishy-washy right. Brett Favre. At we never 24. know when he's going to retire. Right, or yeah. whatever. Right. Yeah. Not, we're going to give up three first-round picks yeah, right. and a third-round pick for one guy that may or may not be our quarterback. We'll see. Maybe it be Jimmy G. And they're playing with fire here because, you know, it's not like a 10% chance Jimmy Garoppolo is able to play the full season. 2019, he played the full season. 2018, didn't. 2020, didn't. Maybe 2021, he will. And maybe the team does well enough 
that you tie your own hands for 2022, even though Garoppolo doesn't suddenly morph into Patrick Mahomes, and maybe Garoppolo in the Super Bowl once again fails to hit a guy who's wide open on a championship throw. So they are playing with fire here as they try to get something for Garoppolo, and they can pivot away from that anytime they want, and they can ultimately pay Garoppolo $25 million this year for whatever reason they want. They got the money. They got the cap space. If they want to do it, God bless you. But it just, Chris, I have a hard time picking up on a cohesive thread of a strategy as to what the 49ers are doing in a way that makes me believe that it all makes sense and that it's a strategy that is one other teams should be emulating. Uh, I'm with you there, Mike. It does seem, you know, fly by the seat of the pants type of like strategy right now. There's no doubt about it. I don't know what what the the messages they're trying to get out with the Jimmy G situation. You're right. I mean, hey, listen, that's the first thing I think of. Are they trying to like make these strong comments to drive up or drum up some trade interest? Do that? Or is it really just about, hey, like, like Trey Lance is a raw guy and we're going to let Jimmy G play this year. And, you know, Trey Lance will just come in in some Taysom Hill type situations and we'll get him some reps like that where he can run the ball and maybe throw a ball here or there. I don't know. That's that's where and you're right. I mean, they are playing with 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 fire. You know, I think the 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 first thing is that this jumps out to me like you mentioned it. The scenarios are different. And like it was Brett Favre. So Brett Favre is a little harder to beat out, you know, than let's just say Jimmy G. All right. So there's that angle first off. Like I think if a year goes by, two years go by and we're still not starting Trey Lance, I would be in the camp of like What's going on? Why can't he beat the number 20th quarterback in football out to be the starting quarterback? That wouldn't be a good look. And, you know, two, it's just not a good look ever to have so many resources allocated to one spot. That's where you play with fire. Like one, like you mentioned, like, hey, 2021, hey, the Jimmy G plays, they do well, they go on a playoff run. They have a playoff caliber football team. You know, what they get to the NFC championship game. Yeah, you bring them back and you just go, well, I mean, we got, fifty, like you said, over $50 million and three first-round picks, and we they traded a pick to get Jimmy Garoppolo. All these assets have been traded for the quarterback position, and we're basically wasting some of it on the sidelines, let alone the last part of this, Mike, to me, and just, again, that does not make sense, and you've heard me say this, like, this kid needs to play football. He's got to play he can't be sitting on a bench for two years and doing that. That's the biggest issue in his game. And quarterback, as you've heard me say before, practice, great, great. Practice is great. But until Aaron Donald's coming off the edge and they're disguising and people are yelling and all that, yeah, it's great. It's a nice practice. whoopity do. It's a, just a different game. You can't emulate what goes on on the field. So there's, there's a lot of things here that I think are a little bit, I don't know, confusing with the 49ers situation. I almost feel like they have taken bits and pieces of different quarterback strategies that they've seen other teams employ over the years, and they've tried to create a Frankenstein monster out of it. Of all these different, well, you know, it is maybe like Aaron Rodgers because maybe this will piss him off enough, sorry, Manchester, that that Jimmy G will have a great year this year. Maybe he'll be really focused. That was one of the first things Kyle Shanahan said at the press conference they had after they made the trade. He's upset. Good. Be upset. Go out there and play well. Make us regret it. And so I guess what you could say is if on one hand, Jed York 
is going to claim they're making a $50 million investment via the compensation to be paid to Jimmy Garoppolo over the next two years in order to let Trey Lance develop. You could also justify this by saying we made an investment of three first-round picks and a third-round pick to get Jimmy G to finally be the guy that we think he can be. And it worked. And he got pissed off. And he played great. So now he's our starter. And well, what are we going to do with Trey Lance? Well, we made that investment to get the most out of Jimmy G. But I, I just – I. There's too many contradictions. There's too many inconsistencies. That's the problem with this 49ers strategy. Under pressure, it doesn't hold up. I'd love to cross-examine <laughs> John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, and Jed York for a couple hours each because I would get them fairly quickly twisted in knots and use their words against them and demonstrate that at the core of this, Chris, there really isn't a strong thread of solid clear logic and I frankly think that this is a reaction to the fact that they blew it with Patrick Mahomes they did and they blew it with Tom Brady they did the two quarterbacks that they got to watch play in Super Bowl 55 they could have had each one and they didn't and this is their holy crap we got to do something to rectify for ourselves the fact that we blew it on Mahomes and we blew it on Brady because Brady wanted to play for them, and they said, no thanks, we're good with Jimmy G. I, I, I don't disagree with that. It, I, it does seem like a little bit of a overreaction to you know those events that happened and it certainly you know, affected their football team. There's no doubt about that. Uh, it, it's Yeah, it, this, is a, this is like we talked about. It's a career-defining defining moment for Shanahan and Lynch. I mean, they're going to be attached to Trey Lance – forever as we go forward here and yes it you know a lot of it doesn't make sense to me you know I I I am one that's always said you don't trade up to spot number three for an unproven commodity that might not play for a year or two and give up three first rounds for that type of player that I don't understand either and the other thing too just to bring it back to like Jimmy G a little bit and this is where I'm a little like in the boat of I think them trading Jimmy G now at this point to me, is almost gone. It's sailed and gone, unless there's like some training camp injury, you know, a la Teddy Bridgewater style with the Minnesota Vikings back in the day in the Sam Bradford trade. Because really, who else out there right now is going to really want Jimmy G? I mean, maybe the Houston Texans, maybe. I, I don't know, but they did just draft Davis Mill. They got Tyrod Taylor there as well. I don't think there's going to be any trade interest for him now. So the way they played this, and of course with the quarterback they ultimately ended up drafting, I, I mean, I, it, it seems like they're—I I think they're stuck with Jimmy G for this year for now. It's entirely possible that Jimmy G has made it clear to the 49ers via Don Yee that under no circumstances will he take less than what he's due to make this year. So you can forget about trying to trade. That's very true with too. A restructured contract, right. and if you want to hold me through preseason training camp up until Labor Day weekend and cut me then and you think I'm not going to land somewhere else and I don't have guaranteed money. I don't care. I've, I've made $100 million off of you guys already. I'll, I'll, I'll play that game. You want to play that game? Let's play that game. So the other side of this and the last point I'll make before we take a break, um, I, I, I recommend that Kyle and John Lynch really you know, keep by the NFT – of the original master recordings of that podcast with Jed York. You may need it later when Jed York is asking you a bunch of tough questions about why you guys did what you did because Jed York's on the record. He's all in. He's on board. Now, here's the reality. If things go to 
hell on roller skates over the next couple of years for the 49ers, and this ends up being a disaster, Jed York's not the one that's getting fired for it. As Jed York said a few years ago, you can't fire the owner, but you can't fire everybody else, and there will be accountability, and that's what makes this riskier than than I think most people realize, Chris. If this fails, this is on Kyle and this is on John Lynch. Yeah, I mean, yes, there's no doubt. You know, I think when you take into all the, you know, surrounding events, you know, the Jimmy G situation, how that's handled, everything like that, you know, to trade up to number three, yes, a somewhat controversial pick. You know, also the angle of, did you did you really have to trade up to number three to get Trey Lance? You know, and I get again. Yeah, I think you could say, uh, you know, I, I don't think they did really, honestly. Just just looking at it, looking at the board, it, it was a trade that was made very early on in the process, and maybe that it was made with jumping into conclusions of what you thought teams might do or anything like that. But at a base level, right now, from what I know around the NFL and things I've said here and everything like that. I mean, if the 49ers didn't take Trey Lance at three, uh, there's a hard – nobody knows exactly where he would have landed. I know he would have gone in the first round, but I don't think it was in any danger of anybody in the top ten taking him. And that's also going to be something that they're going to be kind of held under a microscope about too as we go forward. And I'd love to know where that urgency came from. When you get Shanahan, Lynch, and York in a room, who's the one that finally blinked and said, damn it? We blew it with Mahomes. We blew it with Brady. We're not going to blow it this time. Do the effing trade now. And uh, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But somebody pulled the pin on that grenade. And uh, it's going to take a lot longer than 10 seconds for it to blow up. And it may never blow up. But when it does, when it does, Jed York is going to be well out of shrapnel range for it. So we'll see how that plays out over the next few years. When we return, the NFL sent out a memo yesterday telling teams things that the teams have known for nearly 50 years. Plenty of players don't, and that was the intended recipient of the message the NFL sent. We'll explain that when PFT Live continues right after this. The NFL sent out a memo to all teams on Wednesday telling them something they already knew. If a player works out anywhere but at the club facility and suffers an injury that prevents him from playing, he need not be paid. Even if that player is working out in an effort to get himself ready for the season, you still face the loss of your salary. It's something that the teams can determine on a player-by-player basis. It's a rule that's been in place, I'm told, since 1977. You get injured away from work. That's right. This isn't just a skydiving, rock climbing, skiing, motorcycle accident. No, this is I'm going down to Planet Fitness and I'm going to get myself in shape because training camp's coming. Oh, well, yeah. blew out an Achilles. Sucks for you. We don't pay you. And that memo, I, didn't ha- I don't need anyone from the league to tell me this, to know this one. That memo wasn't meant for the teams. Definitely they already not. got that memo. Right. This memo was seizing on the Juwan James situation to both rub it in the faces of the NFLPA, increase whatever division there may be between management and rank and file, 
and let the players know. Yeah, that's a hey guys, right. You need to get your asses to work. Right. Because you got free insurance. You get your medical care provided for. You you think that the Broncos are going to pay for Juwan James Achilles tendon repair? Hell no. And they ain't going to pay him his $10 million. They're not going to honor his guarantees. They're not going to kick him to next year. and guarantee, They're going to void his guarantees. And they may go get $3 million of his signing bonus money. I mean, that that's the risk you take. And it's a shame that Juwan James ends up being yeah. the guinea pig for right. this experiment that the NFLPA launched. But, but that's what's going on. And Chris, just earlier this week, the union was trying to get the rookies and the undrafted free agents to not show up for rookie minicamp. And the agents who are on the call, I'm told some of them are like, what the hell are you trying to do? Of course these guys are going to go. For a lot of the guys, where else are they going to live? They put them up in a hotel. They put, they give them free room and board yeah. while they're trying to get settled into their new town. It's right. the perfect transition. You got five, six weeks where you're, you're staying in a hotel. It doesn't cost you a penny. You're getting fed every day. And you're also putting in the work necessary to get your coach to think maybe this is a guy I want to keep on my roster. It's ludicrous. It's ludicrous. And we always support the players. And we are supporting the players. We are. We're just not supporting. We're not supporting the, the people that are telling players them. Right. who have a warped view of what's right for the young players. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. I mean, at least that's, that's the way I view it. I'm with you. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I really don't understand. You know, I mean, really what the NFLPA is thinking with this this whole approach. And you're right. It seems like it's just the veteran players have hijacked the situation completely. But in no way does it do any anybody really any good to be away from the facility. And what I would say to any players out there like that are watching the show or if I had to talk to any of them, unless you are absolutely one of the two or three best players on the team and then at a young part of your career, right, like the guy that's a good player, like just a good player. Let's say now say the top top three or four best players. Let's say it's the seventh or eighth best player, and he's in year eight or nine. Like, and you've got a pretty good salary cap uh, number. Like, you got to get your butt in there. I mean, it's a it's the Jawan James situation. All those guys. So like, if you're not a star, if you're not a Mahomes or Chris Jones or Tyree Kill or the first round pick, or the second round pick, then you need to get your ass in the facility because you're the rest of you are all subject to be Jawan James, right? That's that's a new phrase. You got you got Jawan James. You get hurt, they're gonna screw you over. They're not gonna pay you. There's a civil war going on right now between the NFL and the NFLPA, and this is the NFL's greatest avenue to support their coaches to get the players back in the facility and running a football team the way it should be run, not the way some older veteran players think it should be run. It makes no sense what the NFLPA is doing right now. I was talking to a coach about this yesterday, and we were trying to figure out where that break-even point is for the young players, yeah. and I think you hit it. Round three is where you need to be there because round three – you're going to be on the bench you're, you're, if you don't yes, show up. Yes, right. Round four, you may be gone. Right. Five, six, seven, probably will be gone. gone. Undrafted, undrafted free agent. <laughs> I'm See not ya. coming to the voluntary offseason <laughs> yeah. program. All right, you're not coming at all then. <laughs> right. See ya. Right. We'll cut you, and we'll go find somebody else. So, you know, this is all – and that's the other thing, too. If you want to exert leverage against the league, you don't pick a fight that is only going to piss off the coaches – the league doesn't care about this. The owners don't care. It doesn't cost them any money 
if the guys don't show up. In fact, they save the per diem. They save the hotel room right. rate. They save the food. And if someone gets Juwan James, they save $10 million. Yeah, that's right. So the, right. the owners are not troubled by this. The owners are are far less troubled by this than they are by a strike. A strike, they'll go find other players. Well, you know what? You don't show up for off-season workouts. We already got other players. And you get injured on your own, we already got other players. We're going to have 53 when September rolls around, and those 53 are going to be ready. And if you don't want to be one of them, that's your call. Yeah. So that's another reason why this thing is so bizarre to me. And, Chris, people still can't figure out what's going on. There isn't a clear message from the union as to why they're doing this. They use the pandemic as the cover for it. They don't care about the pandemic. No, they, they don't. Did, go get vaccinated. If they did, right, why are you concerned about protocols that worked last year and that are safer than if you go down Everywhere to Everywhere else, fitness, right. Presumably, right. right. Um, you know, you've got guys who are still upset about the 17-game season. Well, that was coming no matter what. It's either going to come through negotiations the easy way or it's going to come through a lockout the hard way. And then you've got the veterans who don't want to go and they don't want the young guys to be there either who are going to potentially take their jobs. And so it's this amalgamation of reasons. And this is just a fight not to have. And I think the reason why, and I don't know this, but I think D. Smith, the NFLPA executive director, is probably not fighting this because he thinks this is the way that some of these guys who are still pissed off about what happened last year, because there were plenty of guys who were against the CBA, this is kind of their way to work it out of their system. Like politically, internally, let's go ahead and let those guys, you know, they're mad. Right. They got some steam that they want to release. Let's let them release their steam this way, which is fine for them. It's not fine for Jawan James, who's out 10 million bucks and maybe a lot more. Well, that's why it's like the other thing that I, I hope res, you know, resonated or resonate. Right. I don't know if you had the id on the end of that or not with people or fans out there is just, again, what anything showed and something you've brought up. And of course, I know, too, because I've witnessed it. The how many players are clueless about the rules and laws of the NFL and the CBA? They don't really know. They have no idea. I mean, could it be any more shocking that the biggest star in our sport, the number one guy, was like, wait, what? He was working out for football and they're not going to pay him? Guys don't know a lot of the ins and outs and details of what's going on in the league especially with this type of stuff. It's really rare. You know, in their locker room, in my experience, you know, I would say it's like a handful of guys that really understand, you know, all those different things. Like when I was in Tampa, right? Hey, Derek Brooks, John Lynch, Rondé Barber, um, trying to think of some other guys that probably were all over it. Like Brian Greasy was there with me all over it. Brad Johnson, they understood everything that was going on. You could go to them and ask them. But the rest of the guys were totally clueless. And if they didn't ask or have like some questions about this or that or this, they, they didn't know. Oh, I'm going to play basketball today. Oh, what? I tore my ACL? You're not going to pay me? Yeah, I didn't know that was a rule. That's very common. And that's just a, it's a big issue if the NFLPA wants to get some more power in this situation or any situation. And it's, it's a significant element of power that yeah. the teams have that they can decide player by player. And if Patrick Mahomes and Shereen Williams mentioned last night, he's down in Texas working out. If he pops an Achilles, the Chiefs aren't going to do anything Nothing. about it. And there are certain guys on every team that are still going to get 
their money. Remember when Teddy Bruschi had a stroke and he had a hole in his heart and missed a season? Patriots still paid him, right? right? He was a core member of the team. They loved the guy. He did everything right. He checked every box. He was a leader. They weren't going to stiff him. But if he was a guy who'd been a constant pain in the ass and not showing up for voluntary offseason workouts and agitating and doing his own thing and, you know, just being a pri- they're not going to they're not going to no, pay that guy. That's no. up. Oh, sorry. Sorry. We don't we don't have any responsibility to you. So the the teams have a huge amount of power. The players need to understand that and each individual player needs to make that decision. Do I work out on my own? Do I work out at the facility? Do I sit on the couch, wrap myself in bubble wrap, eat pork rinds and watch bowling Homer Simpson style? You got to make that decision with your agent. What's right for you given your relationship with the team? your contractual realities, and I'd say for most teams, most players, probably a good idea if you're going to work out at all to work out at the team facility. Let's take a break. Speed round coming up also later in the hour. Brad Holmes, the still new GM of the Detroit Lions, will be joining us. We'll have more PFT Live right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.